Hello and welcome to Mindset Conquest with Lex Butchko. As a mindset coach, my mission in life is to help people unshackle themselves from limiting beliefs, from negative thoughts, and to free themselves from anything stopping them from achieving their dream life. In this podcast, you'll hear tips and tricks on how to overcome yourself, how to overcome your mindset, how to create your dream life beyond what you ever imagined possible. You'll also hear interviews with people who overcame themselves in their lives, whether it was something hard that they went through or simply a story of learning to believe in themselves. And if this episode resonates with you, please feel free to share on your social media so we can spread the message with the world. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mindset Conquest with Lex Switchko. Today, we have an international person coming as a guest. Um, my German friend, Nora Brucker, is with us today to share her unique life story. And oh my goodness, when I heard this story, I was blown away. So I can't wait to, for you guys to hear everything Without further ado, welcome, Nora, and I'll have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited to tell my story on your podcast. So yeah, I'm Nora. I'm 32 years old, and I'm from Germany. I was born here, and I also grew up here. Um, the part of Germany that I'm actually from um, is, I feel like, pretty unique for Germany because it's the most industrialized part of it. It's the Ruhr area, or as we call it, the Ruhrgebiet. And um, it's basically founded, you know, the foundation is steel and, and coal mining. And that has been a huge impact on my life as well, um, because it is an area that, it, you know, was quite poor and everything. And we didn't really have a lot of perspective um, in, in my generation when we grew up, because in the 80s, they basically shut everything down here. And so a lot of people didn't really have anything, you know, going for them in the future. Wow. So um, when I actually um, finished my studies and I studied cultural uh, management, it was really difficult for me to really, you know, find a job. And a lot of people actually told me to move away. And then I know a lot of people in my generation actually did, because like I said, there were not a lot of jobs out here. And so I immediately started a relatively unique path, I would say, because I did start, you know, study cultural management, but I didn't just want to go into the arts. I also very early on started to work in um, professional soccer, actually. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, <laughs> um, even during my studies, like my very first job was actually a production assistant at the European Championship of Soccer in 2008. And so um, I was, and I, th I feel like that is pretty much summing up who I am as well. You know, here I am with all of these people and everybody is studying like literature and they're going into museums and operas and dance theater. And I did that too, but I was always a type of person that wanted to experience as much as possible. And so mm -hmm. that's why I was like, you know, working in soccer and then working in a dance theater and then doing yeah. this and then doing that. Um, and that pretty much left me with um, my biography as, you know, without any like, super clear direction. And here in Germany, that is not really something, you know, the job market um, is really, um, yeah, recommending or 
something that they really want. So it was really difficult for me always to, you know, find the right jobs and kind of find my path. But I'm just the type of person that wants to do as many things as possible in life. And that goes for my job as well. And so I worked in the arts and I worked in soccer for a couple of years until I was at a certain point where I realized, okay, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Because if you work in the arts, you work for like 16 hours a day and you wow. almost make no money. Yeah, you, yeah, so you know, typical. Yeah, you, you, you work on the weekends, you work in the evenings, you work on holidays because that's where people, you know, when people actually go to the dance theater or you know, visit festivals and everything. And so my last job was actually a festival. And that was a time during like 12 weeks of working for like 16 hours a day where I had exactly two days off in all of these weeks. And it was a great experience, but that's also like the last job where I realized, I think, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my, at that point I was like in my late twenties. And so I was like, I need to change something. Because I don't want to, I don't want to do this, you know, when I'm 30 something and, you know, I, I haven't really, you know, I, I was not one of those people that died for the arts. You know, I liked yes, it. Yes, I loved yes. It. Like you have to absolutely, yeah, not care about anything but arts in order yes. to stay only there. But I'm going to just uh, uh, intervene there and ask you when you were exploring these different things, is this your curiosity or uh, to, to try different things or is this a search for what else is out there? I think it's a mixture of both. both. You know, I always said that I was looking for the perfect job uh, and the perfect job doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. I, I always felt pretty restless. And actually when I just finished my studies, um, I was dead set on leaving Germany. Um, I wanted to explore the world. I wanted to start somewhere completely new. Mm -hmm. And my, uh, the, the two countries that I kind of had in mind, uh, you know, where I thought, you know, this would be a good you know, opportunity. It was actually America or Canada. And so I was pretty much set on doing that. And I had an internship um, they gave me an internship actually in Seattle in 2010 and I was almost ready to actually go there. You know, everything was planned. I had my house that I was staying with, you know, I had my public transportation card and everything. Wow. And then it kind of like blew up and I, you know, I was not able to go. And so it always felt like this unfinished business. And I think now, that, now that was something when... that accompanied me over the next couple of years, you know? Right. Like you felt like... It was something that you had a goal and a vision for, and it just it never got accomplished. And and we'll we'll get to what happened afterwards because it's amazing. Um, but what what drove you at that time? Is it did you feel different from where you were growing up? Um, what made you want to explore? Were you always that curious? Did you always ask yourself or say, "There's got to be more to the life than this"? What was it within you that drove you? I think the part of me that always kind of wanted to leave always felt like I didn't really belong. Like I have a very, like I have a tight family and I love my family and that's what's always like keeping, or that's what kept me here all of these times. But other than that, I always kind of felt like 
I felt very international, like I felt very internationally. I didn't want to like, be, be tied down to Germany. And I always felt like I don't really belong there. And I think that was one of the reasons why I always felt like I wanted to leave and I wanted to start somewhere else. And very early on, I also started to travel even alone or with just some friends. And so I've always explored Germany and Europe and everything. And I just felt like there needs, there has to be more. And I don't want to, I don't want to live here and, and have my family here and, and grow old here and, and die here at the exact same, you know, spot. Yeah. And so yeah. And that's why I'm asking because most of the people, most of us that are like that, or I, I actually think that more people don't want to admit that they have that feeling like that there's gotta be more to life than this. And yeah. sometimes you don't know if it's the location, if it's mm -hmm. people around you, if it's whatever it is. Sometimes you get to another place and you realize, no, it's actually me that needs to change. And sometimes you get yeah. to another place and you're like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I was searching for, right? Or you yeah. get that other job. So, but I think it's very important to listen to that voice because that's your guide. And if you know that mm -hmm. there's more to life, I feel like we're obligated to explore that because I feel that that's your, that's your intuition guiding you to tell you there is more. You just have to step out of your box and go there. And, you know, I think that a lot of people don't want to admit that feeling because they feel that they are the only ones feeling that or yes. maybe family pressure, right? Or it's always been done this way. So don't think you know, there's more to life than this. Don't ask for too much. Absolutely. And also cultural, you know, like for example, in Germany, when you're 16 or you're, you know, and you, you finish school and you go and you do some traineeships or you're 18, 19 and you go off to university in Germany, you decide at that point, what you want to do for the rest of your life when it comes to your job. And I always felt like this is like, so restricting i don't i don't know what i want to do for the rest of my life like that even is... when i was young my life changed so much i felt like that th this is not me i can't do this i can't decide now because from the person i was when i was 15 to the person that i was when i was 18 to the person i was when i was 21 or right. you know all the years yes. after that i was so different different absolutely and you know i'm so glad you mentioned that because it's the same where in Eastern Europe, in Serbia, in, in most of Europe, I think. And I think yeah. it's catching on, uh, uh, you know, how, um, you know, in the United States, you know, they say like you have seven careers on average in your yes. lifetime. <laughs> and I think it's, it's catching on to the world. But I still, this is why I don't feel like I belong in Eastern Europe anymore. Is because I can't see myself here after 20 years in the United States. My vision for life is so different. That is so yeah. important what you said, because if there's anybody young listening to this or any parents of young adults listening, that's the age where you don't know. And I remember no specifically idea. being in high school and all my friends knew what they wanted to study in college. They thought they knew. This is a whole nother subject <laughs> of how they, were, to, right? how they were brought yeah, up. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they were brought up to you know be conditioned to go to college because their parents went. But I remember not knowing what I want to study and I felt so out of place. I yeah. felt like, what is wrong? See, at least you thought there's got to be more. At that point in my life, due to low self-esteem probably, I thought, I thought, what's wrong with me? Why do I not know what I want? Like, why is it that everybody seems to know? Like, what am I lacking? Why am I not smart enough 
to figure out what I want. The funny and ironic thing is that those people who knew, quote unquote, what they wanted to do are either miserable at their jobs right now or doing something totally unrelated to it. And I love that you mentioned that because whoever's listening to that right now and is that, is that in, in that changing stage, that can happen at any time in life. You can be 30 and realize, you know what? There's more to life than this. I got to change things. And that's okay. Totally fine. Yes. Even when you're 60 and you're like, okay, I want more. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. The life doesn't end until we stop breathing. Up until that point, you have a choice, right? You can change your life for good. And you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that too, because realistically, when you're 60, you potentially have 30 more years ahead of you. And they can be, that, that is, that's a whole nother lifetime. Yes. Right? So I love that. So, okay. So you were 17, 18. You were like, okay, there's got to be more to life than this. I don't know what I want. So what happens afterwards? Well, you know, I worked for a couple of years in, in my career. And um, I'm ba- you know, my career was always based on marketing and event management. I still love that. Um, but I made that switch and I actually went into the typical industry, you know, in, in an industry job. Um, and I thought that's going to be like, that's going to be the big game changer. Like that's going to be forming my entire future and my entire life. And I took a job at actually a company um, that is, you know, well-respected here in Germany. Um, and so I thought, you know, oh, this is going to be so great and effective for my retirement and for everything. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, it turned out that, that was the most horrible job I ever had. So at and which point did you realize that? After? Early on. <laughs> early on. So what, uh, yeah. what was it about your job that made you think like this? Well, it was not specifically the job that I was doing. You know, I loved my tasks. I loved what I was doing there. I loved the people that I was able to meet. And I loved getting a, you know, a look behind the scenes of very interesting topics like engineering and environmental things and automotive automotive and all of those things, which I never really had any access to before. And I also didn't, you know, because it's not like something that is in, you know, my hobbies or interests or whatever, but I love learning new things. And so the thing um, that actually was, was interesting to me, uh, the, the, the thing that was uh, actually so horrible was that I had an environment, you know, my boss and, and, and just the company culture and everything that was really toxic. Mm. So while I liked my colleagues in general, everybody was in this toxic environment. And if you spend a certain amount of time in a toxic environment like that, everybody becomes so miserable. Absolutely. And again, I'm so glad you said that because who you're surrounded with is so important. And, you know, people don't think like when we say, you know, the top five people around you or who you're spending most time with, people don't think of that as environment, but your environment is everything. It's everything, right? It's the weather, it's Mm -hmm. the traffic, it's the people around you and their energy. It's literally like the level of air you have, the quality of air. It's everything around you is your environment and can heavily influence how you feel. So you like the people and you like the the tasks, but you really felt the heaviness of that negative energy, right? Yes. 
and you have to, you know, you have, it's very important that I stress this. I was always a career person. I defined myself over my job because when I was growing up, you know, I was the typical overweight child that was bullied in high school. Uh, it took me a long time until I found my people. Like when I was 15, that's when I kind of found like my first real friends. Um, and a lot of them are still in my life. Um, but I never really knew who I was. And so early on when I started my studies and then I went into, you know, the working environment, I was always such a hard worker and I was always doing a good job. I have a lot of faults in, you know, my personality and whatever, but I was always a hard, passionate worker that did a good job. And for the first time in my life, I found myself in a situation where everything was so miserable and, and the, the environment was so toxic and our boss, she was a young a woman who was not as experienced as the team she built around herself. And so she thought like breaking people is the way to go. And um, I still remember like every single one of my colleagues in our department cried at one time. And I didn't because I grew up with boys and they always told me you don't cry in public. (laughs) And And so my boss, she actually told me like, I don't think you, you realize like the severity of the situation because you don't show any emotions. I'm like, how is making me cry good for our job and our department? So that was the work, you know, the work environment that I was in. And so, um, it was breaking my spirit because all of a sudden I didn't like going to work anymore. I didn't like my job. I didn't, if somebody would have given me 5 million bucks at that time, right. I would have stopped working and never went back. And I that not- totally get that feeling. I see. I'm not, I'm not a career person as far as having a job. I'm more like, I have to do my own thing, but I did have a job in my early twenties working for a bank. Mm-hmm. And it was like that. I, I, like I used to say, and I didn't know the power of the words at the time, but I used to walk in there and say, a part of me dies every time I walk in here. And that's how I felt. Yes. It was just horrible. And I remember thinking, I, I cannot do this for 40 years. There's no way I'm spending my whole life on this. So again, I want to point out to listeners, you know, it doesn't matter what your background is. And it doesn't matter who your boss is. It doesn't have to be a boss in your life, right? It can be your no. parent. It can be your friend. It can be whoever it is around you that is toxic for you over time especially Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people listening to this are probably having jobs where they have somebody about them they feel so powerless right Mm -hmm. if if your boss is toxic you feel like you almost feel out of choices because you feel like that's your job but truth is you always have choices and what you did Nora is you questioned it and you were not happy you were not satisfied you were not happy with that status quo let's say you were not happy with just oh that's just the way it is you noticed you analyzed even at that early age see that's that's really cool that you did that in your 20s in your early age you started noticing you're like okay this is not working out like this is not good for me so what happened next well it's it's actually very interesting um because uh, while everything was you know not good in that company what they did is every single year they sponsored their employees to um, participate in the marathon in that city and so like i already mentioned you know in high school i was that overweight girl who who was bullied because of that and um and obviously you know like probably when a lot of Americans uh, look at my pictures from when I was growing up, they don't understand that because we have a very different body type in Europe. 
And that's so, very true. Yeah. And that's very important to mention as well, not to say that overweight people don't struggle, you know, in, overweight kids don't struggle and get teased, but it, it is true. Um, in Europe, it's, it's, it's quite different body type. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very petite people. And um, so when, when I was approached by a couple of colleagues and they were like, Hey, do you want to participate in that marathon? I'm like, have you seen me? No. That's very interesting because it goes back to your beliefs, right? You uh -huh. always believed that you're not physically fit, that yes. you are not good at PE probably, or that you're not the athletic type. So yes. this is the first time in your life somebody approaches you and doesn't see you like that, right? Doesn't see you exactly. through your own eyes, right? You don't. You already exactly. have those beliefs. They don't have those beliefs about yeah. you. They're just like, yeah. hey, do you want to do that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I was not a runner. I actually hated running because running was everything in high school, you know, that was you know, specifically showing like uh, what was going wrong with me or like the, the bullying and stuff like that. But I thought about it. And so I was like, I can't really change my situation right now because I was applying for new jobs. But in Germany, once again, you can't just switch careers. And even though I was still working in marketing and in event management, just switching from one like market to the other. So switching from the arts to the industry was such a big change in Germany that not a lot of people were giving me any chances. And so I was doing a lot of applications and nobody gave me a chance. I couldn't change anything in that situation. So I understand the difference, um, but there's, again, a lot of Americans that probably feel the same way, right? We see it differently coming from Europe because we know how much harder it is in Europe. Where in the United States, it's actually not hard at all to switch from a job to a job. So what, what was your thinking at this point? Because you know it's hard, right? But is it just that, like you said, like, it doesn't matter what I get, I'm not staying at this job, and it was like non-negotiable for you? Um, did you start feeling discouraged when you were not, when you were getting yes. rejections? You did. Okay. Very much so. Yeah, it was very discouraging. I mean, um, at that point, I was not the type of person that got like a lot of job offers, and I was able to just pick whatever, you know, was suitable for me. I would have taken anything but I didn't have, even have the chance. And I was, I was applying a lot. And so I felt like, okay, this is the situation I am in right now. I can't either, I'm quitting my job and I'm jobless, you know, unemployed, or I'm you know, choosing something else that might change anything in my life. And so I actually decided, okay, you know what? I'm gonna participate in that marathon as a relay. So as the relay is, you know, something where you divide all of the miles or kilometers onto a certain amount of people. And I made that decision and when I told my family and everyone around me who knew me, they were like looking at me like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that means you're on the right start. That means when your family looks like you, like you're crazy yes. because of something you want to do, that means you're on, you got it right. Right. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't scare you, right? Yeah. And so I threw myself in that. Like, I was like, okay, you know what? If I do this, if I start running and I'm going to participate in that marathon relay, it has to change something in my life, anything, whatever. Maybe it's my body. Maybe it's me, whatever. I'm doing something that is really, really big. And that was really, really big for me at that time, right? right. And so I threw myself in all of that. But unfortunately, here in Germany, or fortunately for me, 
um, unfortunately, the running community in Germany is very elite. And so my type of person, my body type and everything is not really well represented in the running community. And so when I started like doing the research, what do I have to do? I didn't even know I need specific shoes for that. I didn't know anything. And so I, you know, did everything that my generation does. I Google it, right? Right. And we so all Google <laughs> it. But it's also, again, very important to point out that you made a decision, right? Mm -hmm. It all starts with making that decision. And I love that you said, I, something's got to change. If something's I do this, which means if I take a different path than I've always taken, it's going to lead me somewhere different, exactly. right? And I love that because so many people, especially in, in COVID situation right now, at crossroads. Maybe they've lost a job. Maybe they're really hating their job. Maybe they don't want to go to work, but they have to. If you change one thing, it right. opens another door for you. And it doesn't matter that you don't know what to do, right? You have mm -hmm. no clue what to do. You have no, clue. no idea what to do. But you said, I'm doing this and I'm all in. So you Googled. And yes, and I didn't find any support in the running communities here. It was very di discouraging because I've read things like, oh, if you can't like do 10K in like 60 minutes, don't even start. And people who are like just doing anything under, anything under a half marathon, they're not really running. And so it was really, really hard. And I didn't feel like I was, I mean, I, I already felt like I was not really represented in my society, you know, with my body type and everything. Were you and so, like, were you discouraged to a point that you even thought about quitting at this point or were you like no I am doing this I don't I care yeah what I was you? do you remember I think it was like you said I finally made a decision and even back then and I had no clue what was going to come you know <laughs> I made the decision to run a marathon relay it's just running but it changed everything in my life and I had no idea it's just this very small thing it had nothing to do with my job it had nothing to do with like my future or whatever it was just a momentary oh. thing that changed everything I just love this so much because again I just want to point out to listeners again if you do something different than you've always done new doors and new opportunities form yeah. for you. And another important thing is you made that decision and you were like a hundred and yeah. oh, a thousand percent in it, not a hundred. You were, a th you were all in it without all even it. knowing how to make the first step. And again, this is not United States where a lot of people will encourage you. In the United States, you get a lot of support. You, if you search for support, oh, you'll yeah. find support. In Eastern, in, in Europe, it's not like that. In Europe, you're like, it's like, uh, it's either black or white. Like they discourage you actively. Yes. They're trying yes. to prevent you from doing it. And that was, yes. that's what happened with me as well. People were like, are you sure? I mean, you don't even run. Like, you don't know anything about it. Wow. And that's true. But I wanted to prove them all wrong. That's that what was I was going to get to. Yes. So you use that fuel. Yes. I literally, I, like five days ago, I made a video on that. In spite of what people mm -hmm. say or do, you're doing it. And yes. so every negative comment or look or anything that you got, you were like, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was just, 
you know, and I didn't just want to prove the people wrong that were in that moment around me, but everybody before that, you know, everybody who doubted me and everybody who told me in school, yeah, you know, you're not athletic, you can't do this, whatever. I just wanted to cross that finish line. If I'm crawling, I will crawl, but I wanted to finish, <laughs> you know, I wanted to cross that finish line. Oh, I love it. And so at one like fateful moment, one of my best friends, she sent me the trailer to a documentary while I was still in that process of like, I don't find any support here. I was already running. I was wearing shoes at that time. It was 2013 and I wore shoes from 2008 that somebody just gave me during the European championships. So they weren't even fitted for me. And every wow. runner will tell you, oh my God, like don't even yes. do that. Yeah. And so she sent me a trailer to a documentary at which at that point was not released yet, but it's called From Fetch to Finish Line. And in that trailer, I saw people like me and even people who were, you know, who had more weight than me on their hips run. You know, they were running a race and it's a documentary about 12 people who uh, all lost an average of 100 pounds each, but in very different stages. And they celebrated that success by running a 200 mile relay race. And so I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, other fat people run. And it blew my mind. <laughs> it blew my mind. But it's the message you needed to see. It was exactly what I needed to see. And so I was immediately looking for the documentary and I found out, okay, it's not released yet. But I found a Facebook page of that documentary. And what I did, and that is once again, something that I'm normally not really doing because especially when it comes to like weight or things that I'm insecure with, I don't really talk about that. At that point, I didn't at least. I wrote a message to that Facebook page and I said, here's the thing. I have a race coming up in like, and I think at that point it was like maybe eight weeks or something like that. And I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm, I can't do this. Like I'm, because at that point, stupid me thought I need to run every single day in order to get this mileage done. And that is obviously not something you should do because my muscles were turning sour. My body was not used to that, you know, strenuous activity yes. every single day. And so I felt like, that was the point actually where I was pretty low in that journey where I felt like, I don't even know if I can do this. And that's when I reached out to this Facebook page. And uh, one of the people who was in that documentary, he sent, you know, he messaged me back and he was completely surprised that I'm in Europe because at that point they only got messages from people in North America. Mm -hmm. And so he went back to the people who did the documentary and he was like, look, we get messages every single day from people who are in exactly that situation and now we even have somebody from Europe coming and saying, I need help. Can we not do something? And what they did is they just opened up a Facebook group. That's it. Nothing else. They opened the Facebook group and they didn't do anything in that Facebook group. They mm -hmm. just gave people a place where they could meet and, and talk about exactly the same journey that they're on. And I was one of the first members and I was actually the only European member for an entire year. And so that's, was everything because all of a sudden I had other people who were literally in my shoes who went through the exact same thing and I had people that were supporting me and that were telling me you can do this you know the American spirit like the you just American said. spirit I love yeah. it I love and it it's such a change coming from Europe because it's so <laughs> warm and welcoming and you feel like okay I have people who understand me yeah yes yeah and um yeah like a couple of weeks later I crossed that finish line. Oh it was the my goodness. Thing. Yeah. Okay, so let's just take a moment to recap. You started when you were at the crossroads, when you were at a pretty low point, you made a decision 
to do something that you even at that point couldn't even believe that you could do with no knowledge on how to do it. But all you had was determination. You yes. were determined to do it. Like you said, even if I crawl, I am getting over that finish line. Mm -hmm. Listen to this carefully, guys, because she had every reason to quit. And, and then people discouraging you in Europe. And you were, you were very, it, was, it would be very easy to just go, yeah, you know what, they're right. But you said, no, I'm using you as a fuel. And all my past experiences, and this is powerful because we can use our past to fuel us or we can mm -hmm. use our past to debilitate us. You could exactly. have heard all those voices and said, everybody was right, I shouldn't do this. But you said completely the opposite. And you chose the path that you never chose before. And then you researched and researched and researched. And guys, again, she came to a point where she almost quit. You didn't believe at this point you could. You didn't know what you were doing. You were alone. You were feeling alone. You didn't have the right shoes. But then the universe throws you a bone, right? The universe says, okay, here's a trailer. Your friend feels inspired to send you a trailer of a message that's exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. And then even then, you took action. You didn't stop there. You asked for help when you needed help. You asked yes. for guidance. You asked for support. You just asked somebody to say, you can do this. Because at that moment in time, even though you had strength the whole time, at this moment, you need someone else to tell you, yes. I've done oh, it, definitely. you can do it too. Definitely. So again, it's so important to, 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 for the people to hear this because we all have these journeys. Mm -hmm. journey of success is not a straight line. And sometimes you make a decision and you have no clue what you're about to do or what you're getting yourself into. Oh, 100%. And there will be, and there will be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So you join the Facebook group, you were a member of the group, and yeah. you actually finished the race. Yes. It was a huge moment for me. Actually, my entire family, even though like at, at that point still, they thought I'm crazy. I mean, they saw me going out there and training and all of that. And, you know, my parents were always looking at me like, she, she, she lost her mind. <laughs> but I was doing it. And so everybody came. Like my brother, he lives in Bavaria, which is like five hours, you know, away from me. And when you're in Europe, five hours is actually something that where you think about if you, yes. you know, want to go right that distance and so my brother came he brought his you know girlfriend my other brother came my parents came to that race my one niece came to that race and so everybody came to you know support me and cheer me on even though like my mom actually later on she said like until and they were like waiting a little bit ahead of the finish line and she said to me and she didn't mean that in any you know ill way or whatever but she said to me until that point where I came around the corner and she saw me almost, you know, at the finish line, she said, until that point, I didn't believe that I would do it. Like she didn't believe that I would do it. And Not because is, she was doubting me, because, no. because it was so huge and crazy for me. First, it was so huge and crazy for you. And she also comes from her own beliefs. Mm -hmm. And this is also important to note. Sometimes even who people who come to support you may not even believe you're going to do it. And sometimes yeah. people have no support in life, right? Sometimes, and because I have moments in life when I did something big and I had no support. But what's important is your own 
mindset and you are completely free to feel proud of yourself at that mm -hmm. moment. And the best part about your story too is you blew their minds away because yeah. now they start thinking, well, if she can do that, what can I do in my life? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so I did come around this corner and everybody was there. It was very, very touching, very emotional. But you don't cry and in public, so. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but my entire family did too. And so they were like, you know, they were waiting for me at that corner. And then they, I guess they found out like a way where they could also like cross some streets or whatever to be at the finish line as well. And so then I did finish that race. It was super emotionally. Like that moment, I'm telling you, I mean, I didn't know it at that point, but later on I was running half marathons and then 200 mile races and whatever. But wow. that moment, that was the biggest moment in like one of the biggest moments in my life. And certainly the biggest moment in, in, in everything like athletic that I was, you know, doing later on, but I was bloody, like, I'm not lying to you. Like I was bloody in places in my body that I don't right. even want to mention. Right. right. But and it's so huge because you the best feeling in the world is when you overcome yourself, when you do something yeah. that, that's bigger than you. Yeah. And so um to this point, you know, that was the hardest thing my body ever did. Uh, well, actually, no, last year I was sick. But, you know, until last year, <laughs> it, was the, it was the hardest thing that my body did. Um, and here's the thing. Before that, before I actually met that group, you know, that Facebook group, I always told myself I'm going to, you know, cross that finish line. But I'm 100% sure that I probably would have stopped running after that point. I wanted to... I wanted to do it to kind of show myself and everybody else that I can do it, but I probably would have done it and then be finished with it. So but because what was I different? Found, well, the, the people around me, you know, the people in that Facebook group, um, they were, they started to become my community, my tribe, you know? And so they put, they didn't make me do anything, but they gave me so much support and pushed me forward that I wanted to still be part of that community. And they were all, you know, either beginner runners or already, you know, already a little bit more advanced. And so I wanted to be part of that community. And I crossed that finish line and I started to become a runner, you know, even though I was running already before that, but, but running became part of my life. And I did a couple of more races and that, you know, was my next 12 months of my life where I was, you know, having this new part of my life and that was taking my mind of my job. And it changed me completely. It gave me so much more confidence and, and it, it, you know, it made me believe in, in things that I never believed in. And I mean, right after that race, I was sitting on my couch and, you know, I, I had, you know, had to have help to get to all of the places that were bloody and raw. And my mom helped me and she was like, but this is it, right? I mean, you're not going to like do anything crazy, like running a half marathon. You know, people die when they run a half marathon. Oh, I was like, yeah. mom, I just did like, it was 11 kilometers. So like seven miles. I was like, are you crazy? I will never do that. Like a half marathon, that's crazy. You know, move forward two years later and I did my first half marathon. <laughs> Actually, that's, one a that's a protective mom, you know. Yeah. And, you know, God bless him. My mom has done the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, mine, yeah. But um, but how? So how has this changed you? You said, well, first of all, you surrounded yourself now with like-minded people, which is key, right? Yeah. 
and then you said it gave you more confidence. What what more changed in your mindset, in the way you think? What one what, what more changed? Well, I guess you know, crossing that finish line gave me the sense of if I can do this, I can do anything else. Yes. And so almost exactly, and I'm not kidding, almost exactly a year later to that finish line, I just quit my job. I didn't have anything else waiting for me. I had so much confidence and so much like they, they've all built me up in this community. And we didn't just talk about running, you know, we talked about everything in your life and they all knew how miserable I was in my job and how, how much that damaged my, you know, self-confidence and also who I define myself to be, because that's what I said in the beginning, right? I defined myself over my career and all of a sudden I didn't know who I was anymore. And running gave me an idea of who I want to be. And I, I always said at that point, and it feels such a long time ago, but I always knew there's this person inside of me and I really liked that person. And I always admired that person, but she never came out. Like she wow. never, I always felt like I don't reflect that person. So I can't be that person. That is so interesting. So you felt like she was inside you, yes. but like she was trapped. And this goes back to mindset. This is why I went to mindset coaching is because we have everything we need inside us. We even have that. Some of us have that image of what we could be, but we are trapped because our mind is trapped in limiting beliefs and in, in, in other people's beliefs that we picked up along the way. So one of the ways you did that is through running, through doing something physically hard that really is really mental game. Let's, get, yeah. let's face it, every workout is a mental game. Yeah. So you're strengthening your mind, you're strengthening your body, you're strengthening your beliefs, the positive beliefs. You surround yourself with positive people to a point where you were, defi- like, you, like you said before, you didn't quit that job because you wanted to find something else before that. At this point, you have so much confidence. You're like, I'm going on blind faith here. I'm quitting my job. Enough is enough. And let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, because over that period of that year, I felt like, you know, my shell was cracking and that person inside of me, she was coming out more and more and more. And so at that point, and here in Germany, we have contracts, right? You know, if you do a job, you always have contracts. And so my contract was running out and I was like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna stay here. I'm not gonna do that. And and there was this, this, you know, this discussion. And at that point where I told people at my job, I'm not gonna do this. Um, at that point, my, my boss, she already had like, uh, she did a lot of damage. Like she was sued uh, twice in like over a year. And that's not something that is, you know, happening a lot in Germany. So they were aware that she's obviously doing a lot of things wrong. And so what they did, and that is, you know, I'm saying that because it's important, important for the story is at the moment they realized I'm not going to continue working for them and my contract was still going on for three months, they immediately told me, okay, Friday is going to be your last day um, and we're going to you know, send you home because they felt like I might influence other people with my negativity or whatever. Um, but what happened is that I basically had three months vacation. Yeah. You know, paid vacation. <laughs> Wow, amazing yeah. thing that happens from you making a decision. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah. yeah, three paid months. 
And so what I did, I was like, oh my God, all the perspective, like oh, everything I can do, like three months of vacation, it's crazy. I want to do something I always wanted to do. And that is go and see America. Yeah. And so what I did, and you know, I had in my mind a vacation, right? Like I thought about, okay, maybe you can like go to New York and maybe see this city and that city and that's it. You know, see a little bit of, of that country that I was always dreaming of. And what I did is I made a post in our community and I said, hey guys, I've decided, you know, I want to come over to America and maybe I'm giving myself like four weeks, which was like already mind blowing, four weeks, right? Um, and maybe somebody's out there who would like to actually meet and, and I can visit you guys. And I expected maybe five or six people you, you know, that would say, hey, yeah, let's meet up somewhere because let's face it, we were still strangers from the internet, right? Right. Um, but the response I got blew my mind. Like so many people, I had so many comments. People were inviting me to all places in America. And I was like, this is bigger than I thought. And so over a period of four weeks, I took four weeks to plan all of this. You know, you have to get visas and everything. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan a trip to find myself. And what I did is I chose the people that I would stay with. I didn't choose the places. I mean, obviously there were a lot of things that I wanted to see in America. And I always dreamed of like doing this big road trip, whatever, but I didn't choose where to go. I chose the people that I would stay with and I didn't have time to plan what I wanted to do at the places they were living because I had to, I only had four weeks to plan everything. So I planned how to go from point A to point B, and that's it. That's now, all mind you guys, if you're listening to this from the United States, you're thinking four weeks is a long time. If you're traveling in the United States from the United States, but I want, if you're listening from the United States, think about going to Taiwan. Like, you have no idea where anything is. You don't know about visas. You don't know about anything. Four weeks shrinks down to a very short amount of time when you don't know where to go what to see yeah. and what to do so i just wanted to like clarify that because if you live in the united states you're like four weeks is a long time it's not yeah and i mean i actually extended my stay to three months so i said okay i'm going to do the entire three months um because there were so many places you know so many people invited me and i couldn't even stay with any everybody and so what I did, I literally sit, sat down there with a map of the United States and looked at all of the places that people said that they're, you know, living and they invited me. And I planned like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there in May and I'm going to start on the East Coast and I'm going to go this place, this place, this place, this place. And I've made like, you know, a map where I said, okay, I'm going to go from this to this, to this, to this. And then I'm flying, flying in the next month to the West Coast and I'm going to do this, wow. this, this, and this. And then the third month I'm going to do uh, the Middle West. And that's all I planned. And I think what's important to say is if you ask people around me and even myself, I'm such a planner. Like I can't go on a vacation without planning everything. Oh, wow. Everything. And so I'm also, you know, I'm an event manager. So whatever happens in my surroundings, whether my family or friends, I'm the person that organizes it. Right. 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 And so for me, to go on this trip to a country I've never visited for three months with one suitcase and to not have anything planned except how to go from place A to place B was insane. Like insane for my personality. So, 
would you say that this is this trip would have never happened if you didn't go through your marathon and through your yes, life trip? 100%. I'm a fearful person. In general, okay. I, I would say that I'm a fearful person. As in, I mean, I, I seek adventure and I always do that stuff. But I think inside of me, I'm always like, what if somebody kills me? what is the possible worst case scenario that has like no chance of happening (laughs) yes the funny thing is i thought you know i'm probably going to visit somebody and they're going to kill me and a lot of the people from those who invited me like not themselves them you know themselves but like their families, they were also like, this person from Germany is coming with you. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna eat you. <laughs> so, Have you not heard of Germany and what they've done? Right? In the past? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it happened so fast. And that moment was there where I boarded a plane and I flew to New York. And even when How did I was you like, feel? and that's the weird thing, like. Even when I was in that plane and I saw the skyline of New York, you know, something that you always see on TV, right? I saw that skyline. I had a flight and I flew into New York a lot of times after that. I've never had that skyline. I never saw that skyline like I did at that first flight. And I saw everything, right? I saw Manhattan. I was like, huh, this is Manhattan. My brain was not capable of realizing what's, you know, what's happening. Wow. I was just like, I guess that's New York. And I mean, you have, I mean, I mean, my you were first- so overwhelmed that it came right. full circle and you were calm. <laughs> right. And like I said, I didn't know what's, you know, what's going to happen. This entire trip was basically like, uh, we'll see, you know, this is about me finding myself. This is about me finding my purpose. This is about me seeing what life, you know, has to offer. And, you know, the German in me also wanted to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life after that trip, right? I was expecting this epiphany. I was expecting like this moment where I'm like, ah, this is what I want to do with my life, you know, which Mm -hmm. is not really what's happening, you know, what's happening. Obviously, you don't have like this specific moment where you're like, this is going to be the next 60 years, you know? Right, right, right. So I was overwhelmed. I would say it took me probably a month until I realized. I still remember, like, I I think it was when I was on the beach in Florida. I was like, I'm on the beach in Florida. How crazy is this? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the first When you say it out loud, yes, yes. I do that. um, I've done it in the last two years of my life a lot because I'm like, is can somebody pinch me? Is this really happening? Yeah. So you went to how many states? 23. You went through 23 states and you stayed only with people that you met through your community. Yes. Only with people that I didn't know before. I didn't book any hotels. I didn't do any of that stuff. I bought plane tickets, train tickets. I rented cars. I I bought ferry tickets. um, And that's it. You know, that's all I planned. And so this whole trip was how long again? Three months. Three months. Mm-hmm. How has this changed you? What What did you feel like when you were coming back to Germany? Oh my God, even on that trip. Like I said, you know, I expected this one moment. Like I was so anxious during the first four weeks of like, when is this moment happening? Like when am I realizing what I want to do with the rest of my life? Oh. And And then I realized it's not, like I was already changing without me actually realizing it. And because yes. there were a lot of, it was not all peachy on that trip. You know, there were a lot of fantastic moments, but there were also moments where all of a sudden I found myself homeless, you know? Yes, and so yes, it was yes. not all going well. 
most of it did, 90% did, but I had to change and I had to adapt while I'm on this trip. You know, there were a, a long period of time where all of a sudden the place that I was supposed to be staying fell through because that person wanted to do things that I didn't feel comfortable with. And I, did, I only had three rules on this trip, you know, <laughs> not jumping off anything, not doing anything illegal, not doing drugs. Right. <laughs> Those are the three, you know. Pretty simple. <laughs> and she broke two of them. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, but you so, had to, while you had to figure that out to get your, to get the answer to your question, what am I doing with my life? In that question, you had to surrender to the moment. Yes, 100%. Instead yes. of being in your head and going like, where is this moment coming? It was, Nora, surrender fully. Everything will take care of itself. Yes, exactly. And I think that that was, you know, and, and at that moment where, where, you know, that this person wanted to spend time with me and do, you know, illegal stuff. I'm normally the type of person, I don't like to not be liked, you know, and I, I, a lot of the times I'm always like, oh, I'm just going to suffer through the situation because it's going to be over eventually. But for the very first time, consciously, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to suffer through this. And so that was the first time where I realized, well, something, something's different. Something's Nora. different. This is the new Nora. Yes. And again, this is the new Nora and that started changing with that first decision to start running with yes and i mean without realizing that i was it was a constant change every single day changed me every single day and so um while i was in california the people who did the documentary actually actually invited me to visit them in los angeles and that was the next gigantic big change because i was there with angela lee who's the director of the documentary and she basically said you know we have this facebook group and we didn't really do anything with it and, you know they were filmmakers right but they realized there's like over the course of this year they had i think at that point maybe let's say two thousand people in that community without doing anything about it like they didn't right. promote it they didn't they didn't work on the community. They didn't do anything with it. They just opened a Facebook group. And so they realized as well, there must be so many people out there who are experiencing the exact same thing and nobody's doing anything about that. So why don't we do anything about it? And because everybody knew me at that point, right? I was the only European in that community. And I was the European that was running away uh, uh, and going to America and visiting all of these people. <laughs> And, you know, I, I wrote a blog and, um, which was called Runaway Redhead. So it's fitting. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. And everybody was following, following me on that blog. And so it was quite logic, I guess, logical, I guess, um, for her to say, Hey, if we want to build something with from fat to finish line, despite just that documentary, why don't you become a part of that? And so when I actually did come home, uh, after three months, I had this perspective of, I will probably build a little business in America. I love it. And so I already, when I came home, I already knew that just two months later, I would come back. Wow. And yeah, so that was huge. So I came home, you know, nothing was waiting for me, right? I don't have anybody here. I was single. Uh, I didn't have a job. But and at that point, I still thought like, oh, you know, wait, let, let's see and wait if this is going to actually happen. But two months later, hold and behold, 
I was back in America. We organized the first big meetup for people from the community in Las Vegas. And a lot of people from Canada, from North America, me from Europe, they all came to Las Vegas and we met. It was probably, let's say, maybe 100 people that all came together. And we watched the documentary for the first time. Wow. Because it was not released yet, right? Yeah. And so we rented a theater and we had an event and we had people, you know, screen the, the documentary for the first for the first time. And it all went so well that we decided we're going to build this business uh, in the beginning of 2016. You know, I traveled in 2015. And so um, that's what happened. Like in, in January 2016, from start to finish line, the social startup was built. And I took over running the community. And that was the next, like that, that was the third big step over that course of one year that actually happened. Because I had no idea about community management. Although I had a couple of communities in my life that were always a big part of me and that changed me, you know, dramatically. Um, but nothing changed me as much as From Fat to Finish Line did. Because all of a sudden I realized, well, I guess here's the thing. One number one thing I realized while I was still in America is there is no perfect job. And I don't have to decide on just one thing in my life because yeah. that's very American, right? If I want to write a book, I'm going to write a book. If I yeah. want to be a photographer, I'm being, I'm being yeah. a photographer and I can do this all together. Yes. And in Germany, you pick one thing, right? You pick one yeah. thing and you stick to it. And so I came home and I was doing photography and, 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 and uh, an expo in, in Italy actually had you know, exhibited one of my pictures. And I was wow. all of a sudden uh, a founder of a social startup and I was running this community. And, um, and I did so many, so many things all at once. And I was happy with that because that is fulfilling, not picking just one thing in your life right. and thinking, this is it, I don't need anything else. And so um, starting to run this community and I threw myself into that. Like if I do, if I do want it, if I commit to something, I commit to it fully. And so while I started building this community, I really threw myself in, in that, you know, and I really, really learned everything that there is to learn about community building. And I didn't even know that this could potentially be a career. And so I saw, oh my God, like a lot of Americans, well, not a lot, because it was also still like, uh, you know, in children's shoes in, in America, but I realized this is really something that some people do, building communities for brands and for other things. And so that's, that's when I realized this is the passion. This is something that I always wanted to do, you know, with all of the things that I've done you know, working here and working there and doing this and doing that and, and, and being more advanced when it came to marketing and all of that, because I was, you know, super fascinated by everything digital and marketing very early on, a little bit too early for Germany. I realized that community building and community management, that is what I've been waiting for my entire life, my, my entire career. So just like that, when you surrendered, you got your mm -hmm. answer. Yes. Oh my God, it's so powerful. Once again, guys, like we go and like sometimes we stress over these answers and we're like, when is that coming? I need that message. I need to know. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you surrender to the moment. Yeah. And you take your pressure off of yourself. It like you right, like you walked right through that door. And you Absolutely. made a career of something that you wouldn't even think would be your career.
career. 100%. And now, yes. and now you've been started a podcast, right? Yeah. So um, once I've realized that community building is exactly what I wanted to do, I, I accidentally kind of became this ex expert in all of this. You know, I, I, I guess I'm some, you know, I like to meet people. So it wasn't difficult for me to kind of insert myself into this entire like market of community builders. And I became part of other communities for just, you know, others who are building them. And um, I, you know, here in, in Europe and in Germany, it's still something that is really, really new. And especially in my area, there's not really anybody in my area who's doing what I'm doing. And so um, it started a whole new career for me here in Germany. My social uh, um, startup in, in, in America I was still living in Germany, right? I mean, I was traveling like back and forth to America, um, but I needed to make some money here in Germany because, you know, airfare is not really, really inexpensive. <laughs> yep. And so um, um, in the beginning, I started to like just do uh, some part-time work, you know, still in marketing and all of that. But... Um, as soon as really thing that I want to do became my career, and so I started to actually um, become a speaker, and I started to um, talk on stage and give lectures, and like like it always happens. Wow. Like I was I was on stage, I was talking about community building, and somebody was like the first time that I did it, and somebody was in the audience, and that person felt like so connected to the topic that. Um, that started a whole new thing for me because he was like one of those people who knows everybody. And so he talked about me a lot. And so all of a sudden, you know, I had other people who came to me and they were like, can you speak at my conference? Can right. you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, I never expected to become a speaker. Wow. Or anything. Wow. And so, yeah. This is amazing. And so yeah, and now so you're in Germany and you are still traveling back and forth. Yes. So um, it became a little bit less last year. And obviously this year I have not been to America. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I like I really built I build a team um, for the community from Fat to Finish Line. I have wonderful moderators who are helping me with like the daily business in the community. And um, I felt like I started a life on two continents. You know, I had yeah. my life here in Germany. But I also had my Latin America with all of the people that I knew and um, two homes. Why not? Why not? I think yeah. this story is, oh my God, this is such a perfect story for what I stand for. And I, I knew so little about you and I was already amazed. Now I'm like blown away. <laughs> and it just confirms that once we make a decision to do something, it changes everything in our life. If we completely surrender and give our all to doing that one thing. Guys, listen to this. If you've been always doing things one way in your life and you're not happy at some point in your life, you're not happy with something, things can change almost instantly. All yeah. you have to do is make that decision. And you know what? If you don't even know what the decision is, just openly ask the universe, right? Surrender to it, not ask Oh my God, what is my next thing, right? That's the, that's the resistance. But just say, what is my next path? And the message will come either through a trailer 
or through a, a, a video on IGTV or through this message, or maybe there was something that you've been wanting to do, but you needed to hear the, this message to give you the green light. You have all the green lights ahead. And when you make that decision, the path is not always green, but you will no. push through the hard stuff because you have a goal in mind and you have a finish line in mind. And when you do everything and you ask people for help and you build your community or you find your tribe, amazing, absolutely mind-blowing things can happen in your life. So there you are, a girl from Germany who in the beginning didn't know what you want to study, didn't know about life, didn't know what, to, what decisions to make. All you knew is there was something more to it. You found the wrong job, but even that wrong job took you on this path because you kept asking that and you kept projecting that message to the universe. Like there's got to be more to it and I'm not happy with this and I'm searching for more. And that's the magic of this life. I yes. love this. So please tell the listeners where they can find you because I know you have built a community and you have a podcast. So and yeah. I'll put all the links to share them, but please, please tell everybody where they can find you. Well, um, last year I actually founded another business, just my, my own business. Um, and I called it runaway redhead. <laughs> I love it. Because that was my blog and that was me, right? I was the, yeah. the redhead that ran away. Um, and I am now helping other companies, institutions, organizations uh, in building their own communities. Because like you said, I feel like finding the right tribe, whatever that is, that's crucial to life, you know, in all aspects of life. And the Absolutely. right community can definitely change not just your career, but also your personality, your, your lifestyle, Everything. whatever. The way you think. Yeah, uh, Seth Godin has that book, Tribes. And if, if uh, you yeah. have not read it, I recommend it to everybody. Yeah. So important. And now I'm a public speaker and um, I do workshops and I'm building a course right now so everybody can, you know, can tap into the waters of building their own communities, you know, like I did back then. And so people can find me at runawayredhead.com um, okay. and um, they can find me on all social media platforms and at Nora Brooker. Um, and yes, like you said, I also just started my own podcast where I'm telling stories of other people about change and life-changing moments because change is big for me as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, where you are actually on as well. Yes, we did yes, yes. Guest speaker. <laughs> and um, it's just, I think it's, it's symptomatic for my life. You know, some people say I'm restless. Um, and I always used to say that as well. But I feel like restless has such a negative connotation. And so I would I'm say curious. Like, yes. And I, I feel like I'm not... I don't settle for... You don't settle, yes. Yeah. I don't settle just for one thing. And I search for the perfect job for such a long time. And when I realize there is no perfect job, but you are the sum of all of the experiences you make, all of the adventures that you have in life, and all of the yeah. things that I do, that's when I also realized I don't want to just do one thing. So yes, maybe some people think I'm crazy because I have from fat to finish line, which, um, you know, is a community on Facebook and they can, and can also look it up at, uh, uh, fat to finish.com. Um, and I also have my own business 
and I have this podcast and I'm a public speaker and I've also built uh, the marketing department for a technology company here in Germany over the past couple of years. And yes, that all sounds a lot, but it's what makes me happy because and I it, just it don't flows. It flows. Yeah. You would rather be doing that all day, every day than spend one more day at that first job you had. And I totally yeah. get that. I mean, it's so interesting because, I mean, you just said, like, I had the wrong job. And I actually said I had the right job at the right time in that yes. moment. Yes. Because if I wouldn't have taken that job, I never would have started running. Absolutely. If I wouldn't have started running, I would have never went to America. And if yeah. I would have never went to America and met those people from the documentary, I never would have been self-employed. I never would have yes. built a business. Yes. And I so, guys... Yeah. So if you feel like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're not. And I feel the same way because, you know, I got back to Serbia two years ago and I say like, we've been trying to get away ever since. And no matter what we did, we couldn't get away. And I told my, I even told my husband, I said, something is keeping us here. I swear something is keeping us here. I said, I don't know if it's unfinished business. I don't know what needs to happen, but there's a reason apparently why we can't get out of here. This was not even a month before COVID hit. And I thought, of all the places, this is the safest place for us at this time. Do I want to live here? Absolutely not. I'm trying to get out of here. But I know and I fully believe that I'm at the right place at the right time. So you were right. You had that job for a reason, for that moment. And you needed to maybe experience a whole bunch of different things that you did at that job to be able to prepare you better for life. So everything that you're going through in life, guys, everything that you're going through, will make sense later on there there's a reason for everything and that's exactly how i feel about my life and i i hope that people realize that and, and i know it's hard to see that in that moment right like you had a job that you oh, needed yeah. i was miserable yeah i was crying yeah oh, <laughs> yeah yeah i you were crying that's a big one um, all right. So people know now where to find you. I'll post all the links <laughs> on all the on all the show notes and everywhere. Thank you so much for speaking up on your story. This is such an amazing story with so many amazing lessons. Making that decision, surrendering to it, and letting yourself be guided to the most amazing experience ever. And I'm really looking forward to see where life takes you from here. Because just like you, I'm doing a thousand things. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna. And not only meet somewhere, but collaborate and, and make big things happen. And I love to see that. And I'm fully supporting you and I'm cheering you on from whatever place yeah, on the absolutely. planet I'm at. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see what the future brings for you. Thanks. That you, wraps up this episode of Mindset Conquest with your host, Lex Butchko. If you like what you heard, please make sure to share on your social media so we can spread the word and help more people change their lives. Also, stay tuned for upcoming episodes and we'll see you there. Bye.